Okay, good morning. <clears throat> this morning for our Bible study, we're going to study the 19th chapter of the Gospel of St. Matthews. And <clears throat> we started the 18th chapter last week. Had an exciting time. The Spirit really moved. And, and we really gained a great deal of knowledge. One of the things we have to always bear in mind when we're studying from the Gospel of St. Matthews is actually who he, he was. Uh, <clears throat> he was a tax collector, but more than that, he was an apostle of Jesus Christ. Not one that lived very close to Jesus, but one that knew him, knew him personally. Um, saw the things that Jesus did and heard the things that Jesus said. And subsequent to that, he wrote them down, not just for himself, but for future generations. Now, we're going to study the 19th chapter. In the first part of this <clears throat> chapter, again, we'll find a lot of red. So we'll find in your Bibles, which means uh, in the King James Version of the Bible, when you find red, that means that Jesus is speaking. And in the last chapter, Jesus spoke a great deal. And in this chapter, you'll find that Jesus speak a great deal. But initially, Jesus talks about divorce. Talks about divorce. And it reads, And it came to pass that when Jesus had finished these sayings, that's the uh, 18th chapter, he departed from Galilee and came into the coast of Judea beyond Jordan. And great multitudes followed him, and he healed them there. <clears throat> Jesus always had a large number of people following him. But when he got to Judea, he stopped and performed a healing ceremony and healed just a whole bunch of people. The Bible says he healed them there. It just doesn't give us a number. The Pharisees also came unto him, tempting him and saying unto him, Is it lawful for a man to put away his wife for every cause? <clears throat> The Pharisees were, first of all, the learned men of that day. They were well read. They knew the scriptures. Uh, they knew the law. And they didn't ask Jesus this question because they wanted an answer. They asked Jesus this question because they were tempting him to say something that was against the law or something that they could hold against him. So to ask him, is it lawful for a man to put away his wife for every cause? Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife? Okay. And he answered, Jesus, he answered and said unto them, have ye not read that he which make them at the beginning made them male and female. 
and said, For this cause shall a man have fought, leave father and mother and shall cleave to his wife, and they twine shall be one flesh. <clears throat> Rather than Jesus give his opinion, which is what the Pharisees was hoping, he asked them almost a rhetorical question, but he used the scripture. He said, did not God make them man, I mean male and female, from the beginning, and then twine them together as one, so a man should do what? Leave his mother and father and cleave to his wife, and then they become one. So he used, he said, now listen to this, what, listen to what he said. Wherefore, they are no more twined, but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let no man put asunder. He said, God made them what? One flesh. And if God made them one flesh, what right does man have? To destroy that or to eliminate that. In, in my uh, readings, it references uh, Genesis 1 27 through 28, and 2 Genesis 23 25, and that's about the creation and flesh of my flesh and bone of my bone. Mm -hmm. Well, God made them, and also you want to look at. Uh, Deuteronomy, the first chapter, the uh, 27th verse. Uh, you can also look at the third chapter, the second verse. And you can look at Malachi 2 and 15. Uh, <clears throat> it was never God's intention that there be a, a bill of divorcement. Uh, Moses actually uh, started and gave the bill of divorcement. And we'll, we'll read that, I think it's in the next verse. They said unto him, Why did Moses then command to give a writing of divorcement and to put her away? <clears throat> there again, that's in Deuteronomy 24th chapter uh, and also in uh, Deuteronomy 5th chapter. Um, but Jesus spoke back to them. He said, Moses because of the hardness of your heart, suffered you to put away your wives. But from the beginning, it was not so. It was not allowed. He says, Moses did that because you men became what? They're hard. You became mean. You became hard-hearted. You lost respect for your wives. You mistreated your wives. So rather than allow them to suffer the mistreatment, rather than allow them to suffer the, you know, your, your attitudes, and he allowed you to put them away. And this is rather, let, let's put them away rather than hurt them. Uh, it could have been physical, it could have been mentally. It doesn't really say, but I, I, I find it very difficult that you can hurt somebody physically 
and it not manifest itself in some mental hurt, or you can hurt somebody mentally and it not manifest itself in some physical hurt. But he said, rather than force these women to go through that and to have to deal with that, then Moses allowed you to have what was known as a writing, a bill of divorcement, to just kind of let her go. Because now, if you really stop and think, Moses had some issues himself with his family um, in order for him to lead God's people. He left his family with his father-in-law. In fact, he left them with his father-in-law so long that the father-in-law said, look, I'm going to take you to be with your husband. And the father-in-law actually took the daughter and the children and met with Moses to take them back because they had been away from him, you know, so long. So uh, <clears throat> that, in essence, could have been abandonment, you know, or some form of abuse. And, and Jesus goes on and he says, And I say unto you, Whosoever shall put away his wife, except it be for fornication, and shall marry another, committeth adultery. And whoso marrieth her, which is put away, doth commit adultery. So this divorce thing, or this thing of putting a woman away, uh, uh, had very, very difficult consequences. I mean, she was not allowed to remarry, And then if a man remarried her, then he had issues also. So it was it was a very, very difficult thing. It, it, it almost compelled the woman to stay into the marriage. It, it gave her a way out. But in giving her a way out, it was as detrimental to her as it was to stay in the marriage. So, six in one hand, half dozen in another. But anyway, his disciples say unto him, If the case of the man be so with his wife, is it not good to marry? Okay? Now listen to what Jesus says. And this is kind of important because it says a lot for what's happening in the world today. It says a lot for some theologians and theological thinking. But we won't dive into it and deal with it today because it's a subject in, it, in its own. But he said unto them, all men cannot receive this saying, 
save they to whom it is given. All men are not in a position to have a relationship with a woman. All men are not in a position to have a marital relationship. Now, if you thought the first couple of verses was confusing, that definitely becomes confusing. But he says here, he says, for there are some units which were so born from their mother's womb. And there are some units which were made units of men. And there be units which have made themselves units for the kingdom of heaven's sake. He that is able to receive it, let him receive it. He is that is capable of understanding, let him understand. There were some men that were incapable of having the marital relationship from birth. There are some men that made a conscious choice that they would live out their life without partaking of the marital relationship as we knew it with the female. Could be. And then there were some men that went through things that were made where they could not have marital relationship with other men. This would probably be castration and things like that because many times the armies, when they would subdue another kingdom, they would castrate the men. So that part of the 18th chapter of Matthew, the 19th chapter of Matthew, requires a great deal of of study, a great deal of thought. You know, and that's why Jesus says, he that can receive it, let him receive it. But it's very difficult for everybody to um, receive this saying. These ones that were born as units were like those with both sexual organs? Well, I, I mean, like I said, we could go into a whole bunch of different things there, but I don't, I don't think we have the time on this Bible study to kind of dissect each one of those issues. Then were there brought unto him little children, that he should put his hands on them and pray. And the disciples rebuked them. Cast them away. Y'all children, get away. Jesus don't have time to be bothered with, with you children. But Jesus said, suffer the little children. Put up with the little children. Forbid them not to come unto me. 
for of such is the kingdom of heaven. In other words, it goes back to the 18th chapter where he said, unless you come as a child, you cannot receive the kingdom of heaven. So here Jesus said, leave the children alone. Let them come unto me. And the Bible says, and he laid his hands on them and departed thence. Now comes the rich young ruler. And behold, one came and said unto him, Good master, what good things shall I do that I may have eternal life? Now the rich ruler already knew. But he needed Jesus to do what? They were always tempting Jesus. Always trying to get him to say something that was not proper or something that was not correct. And he said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one. That is God. He's the only good person that I know is who? God. He didn't even point to himself and say, I'm good. But if thou wilt enter into heaven, into life, keep the commandments. If you want to enter into eternal life, the first thing you must do is do what? Keep the commandments. He said unto him, which? I mean, there's a whole bunch of commandments. Which one do you want me to keep? Certainly you can't expect me to keep all of them. In fact, I have not kept all of them. Jesus said, Thou shalt do no murder. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness. Honor thy father and thy mother. And thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. The young man said unto him, All these things have I kept from my youth. What lack I? I've kept these, man. You've not given me anything hard to do. I've not murdered anybody. I've not stolen anything. I've honored my parents. Is that all that it takes to get an eternal life? Jesus said unto him, If thou will be perfect, go and sell that thou hast, and give it to the poor, and thou shalt treasures in heaven, and come and follow me. Jesus hit him where it hurt. He said, Okay. You kept all the commandments and that's not enough? Go and sell what you have. Give it to the poor and become a believer. Come and follow me. But when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful for he had great possessions. And even if he didn't have great possessions, can you imagine selling everything and following Jesus? That's a very difficult choice for some people. It's 
very difficult choice. What most people don't realize is that these disciples that followed Jesus, they were homeless. They didn't have any jobs. They didn't have any retirement security. They were, they slept on the ground most of the time. Uh, they took handouts. Uh, I mean, they didn't, they didn't have anything. So, to go from a life of luxury, but, and not even a life of luxury, just, if you stop and think, you're going, most people leave here, they're going to their homes. They're going to sleep in a bed tonight. Can you imagine as cold as it was last night, sleeping on the ground, sleeping in a barn, sleeping up under a bridge, when you had the option of staying in your house. So this, this rich ruler problem was the problem that each one of us would have today. How much are we willing to sacrifice? And that can be checked every Sunday by what you put in the offering plate. I know people that pay more for a concert ticket than they would pay for offering. I know people that will pay very little in the offering and then go out to dinner after church. Spend more money for dinner after the church than they will. And in most churches, the poor offering is just that. The poor offering is the worst offering that you can take. So this was not anything that this young man suffered from. The church suffers from that today. And probably will continue to suffer from it. Then Jesus said unto his disciples, Verily I say unto you, that a rich man should hardly enter into the kingdom of heaven. That's a serious indictment on rich people. You know, I'm, I'm not going to tell you that I don't desire to be rich because most people do. But that right there is a serious indictment on a rich person. Jesus says it's very difficult for a rich person to get into heaven. Very difficult. And again, I say unto you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. That's, that's serious. Especially when we all desire riches. Yet we, in fact, not only do we desire riches, we desire God to give us the riches. 
We pray every day that God will send us blessings. But then when he send us the blessing, it blocked the entrance into the kingdom. So we need to constantly reevaluate ourselves, reevaluate what we get. When his disciples heard it, they were exceedingly amazed, saying, Who then can be saved? Who? Because all of us want to be rich. Who then can be saved? But Jesus beheld them and said unto them, With men, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. So with men, it won't happen. So if you seek to please or satisfy men, you can't please or satisfy God. So seek ye first to do what? Satisfy God. Seek the kingdom of God. Seek the things of God. Because when you seek the things of the world, you become more worldly. Then answered Peter and said unto him, Behold, we have forsaken all and followed thee. What shall we have therefore? Peter got right to the Nuts and bolts of it. Now we have forsaken everything. And we have followed you. So Lord, what is it? In it for us. What can we expect? You're telling us that we can't expect riches here on earth. So what can we expect? And Jesus said unto them, Verily I say unto you, that ye which have followed me in the regeneration, when the Son of Man shall sit in the throne of his glory, ye shall sit upon twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. He says, when I sit there, guess what? You will sit there. There will be 12 chairs for you. Amen. Don't get no better than that. And everyone that has forsaken houses or brethren or sisters or fathers or mother or wife or children or land for my name's sake, shall receive a hundredfold and shall inherit eternal life. But many that are first shall be last and the last shall be first. We don't have to fight the battle. The battle has already been fought. Jesus is fighting the battle for us. He says, we just have to do what? 
develop a Christ-like attitude and live a Christ-like life. Forsaking, not really the things of this world. Live Christ-like. Take knowledge of the poor. Take knowledge of those that are mentally impaired. Take knowledge of those that's physically impaired. Take knowledge of those that need your help. Take knowledge of them. Become aware of them. And do what you can to help them. Don't ignore them. And never steal another man's labor. Always respect your peers. Respect your elders. Hmm? Somebody work for you and you not pay them. You know, treat people with respect. Treat people with dignity. The only thing you have to think about, how would I want to be treated? Yeah, how do I want to be treated? What kind of respect do I want for myself? How would I want that said to me? Amen? Our time has expired. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this word. We thank you for your interpretation of this word. Now grant us grace, grant us peace, grant us understanding. And Father, we thank you, we thank you, and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.